0: Are you looking for practical ministry help to inform and inspire your leadership? Do you have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of other leaders in pursuit of stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast, presented by CDF Capital, helping churches grow. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash Unseminary. Hey friends, welcome to the
1: Unseminary podcast. Man, I am so glad that you have tuned in today. Uh, You know, every week we try to bring you a leader who will inspire and equip you. And today I'm super excited to have my friend Evan Courtney with us. He is executive pastor at a church that you should be tracking with. It's called The Fields Church, started nearly a hundred years ago. It's a multi-site church with two campuses in central Illinois, plus Church Online, uh, they really have a desire to be influential in Coles County, the county they're in, also across all of central Illinois, and then eventually be a valuable resources for other rural countries across the Midwest or other, other rural churches across the Midwest. Uh, and they're just fantastic people. Uh, Evan, welcome to the show. So glad you're here today.
2: Hey, thank you, Rich. I appreciate uh, the resources that uh, you always uh, provide to other churches and the inspiration that you've given us over the years.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I, uh, this is a fun one. I was, I was joking with Evan ahead of, t- ahead of time because like we actually know each other. Sometimes I have to like pretend like I know people on the podcast, but Evan and I actually know each other and have been journeying together for a while. And I wanted to bring this story to you and I, you're going you're gonna to love it today. But why don't you fill out the picture, kind of tell us a bit more about the fields, kind of, you know, what did I miss there as we kind of got this thing rolling today?
2: Yeah. So we are, um, like you said, we're a hundred year old church, um, that probably for about 20 years all throughout the 80s and 90s was, uh, was really kind of uh, stagnant in attendance. So we mm-hmm. averaged a, an attendance of about 150 for about 20 years. Um, mm-hmm. That wasn't necessarily negative. What happened was leadership came in and was able to kind of clean and straighten up and kind of mm-hmm. balance some things out and kind of outlast some people. And so that was all, <laughs> that was all really healthy. Um, and so actually our lead pastor now, that was his father-in-law was here for 20 years. Mm. Um, and then 20, uh, 2008 transitioned, he retired, which was really good during that season. He realized that he was kind of at the cusp of, you know what, maybe I was, he was downward trending as a leader. And so Mm. instead of taking it, continuing to lead the organization down, he was like, you know what, I think I'm going to go ahead and pass this off. Um, And so we passed it off to our new lead pastor, Travis Spencer. And since uh, 2008, we took about two or three years to kind of look at our schedule and look at what the rhythm of the things that we were doing. And we transitioned from being a church um, of ministries, of events, and we transitioned to being a church of a pathway, a discipleship Mm. pathway that took about two years to do. And during that time, attendance flat, which was okay um, for us. And then coming out of that couple years, you know, 2010, Since then, we've just seen incremental, not explosive growth, but over the last Mm -hmm. 13 years, we've seen 5, 8, 10% growth every single year. Um, And so that's kind of where we have been.
1: Love it. And this is the kind of story I love because, you know, that kind of growth over an extended period of time, man, it really starts to snowball eventually. And it is. Um, I, I don't want to say easier, but it is. Um, you know, it's, it maybe is easier to get your hands around from a, let's serve people and integrate them. If all of those people, if you had five hundred people all show up in one year, most churches would would you know wouldn't be able to handle it. And so the fact that over these years you've seen that growth is is pretty amazing. Now, we we connected a couple of years ago when you guys were thinking about going multi site, and ultimately that landed in uh, the fields launching a campus at another uh, community. Uh, just kind of about the year before COVID. Tell me that story. What you know, kind of talk through what was the launch like and all that.
2: Yeah. So we actually weren't even thinking about uh, going into multi-site. We were thinking about building a bigger building because we are running out of space and in the middle of conversations with the design-build company, like the ones that were paying to build us million-dollar building.
0: Mm-hmm. They
2: said to us, "Well, have you guys instead of building a building, if you want to reach people, wouldn't it be?" Less expensive to just plant another location next to this neighboring community. And it was interesting because it was coming from it as they essentially lost themselves business. Yes. By telling us, you don't need to build a million-dollar building. You need to just launch into this other community. And for us, what it is, there's this community next to us that's 10 miles away. And so we launched Mm -hmm. the second location 10 miles away. But because we're in rural context, it's a rival community. And so people from one community don't travel to the other community, whether it's sports, restaurants, they don't do it. And so what we saw, we kind of looked at our data and we saw that we had 70 individuals that were attending our location um, from this other community. But all of those individuals, none of them were born and raised for that other community. They were all Mm. transplants. We Mm. had nobody coming, nobody Mm. serving, nobody giving. That was from born and raised in that community. And so that's what we did was able to gather these people and say, hey, you know what, let's launch a location in your community. We know it's 10 miles away, but there's this invisible line that Mm -hmm. people aren't willing to cross. And so we had a little bit of fear of if we launch a church that close, is it just going to take our attendance and just split it in half? Mm -hmm. Um, But what we have seen is that it really just is a a whole different group of people. And so it was new growth, not just dividing mm-hmm. ourselves up.
1: Yeah, I love it. So the thing one of the things to underline here friends when we're thinking about multi-site is you know there's like the stuff that's on the map like you can draw it out and it's like the physical things but then there are these like emotional, cultural, social, you know, you know lines on the map that don't show up that really you only know when you've been journeying in a community together. Uh, for a while. And, you know, there might be opportunity there that's not that far away. 10 miles is not that far, uh, but can be way too far for people to attend church. Now, I want to kind of fast forward a little bit. And, um, you know, so the campus launched, uh, you know, rah-rah, we're excited for that. But then at some point during kind of, you know, obviously, you know, I had the first year anniversary and then we ended up into COVID. And there was like this, this kind of sign that, okay, maybe this isn't going well. I, I don't want to, you know, that's me saying that, you know, that you're, you're not saying that, but you know, you came to the point where you're like, oh gosh, this isn't, can you describe what were some of the points when you look back and you say, oh, this is evidence that maybe, maybe things were not working that, you know, we were, we were struggling more in this, this new campus than you would have envisioned. You know, we all do these things and envision them just exploding overnight, but that doesn't always happen. What were some of those kind of points that brought you to the point where like, okay, mm, this isn't going well. Yeah.
2: So we, so when we launched, we didn't launch at a higher number than we, we thought, like when we launched, Mm -hmm. we wanted to, our average attendance to be over 200, kind of be over that cusp. That Mm -hmm. didn't happen. Um, we don't know why. I mean, we had huge numbers at launch, but kind of looking back the, the, the weeks and the months after that, one of the pain points that we had was we didn't have great worship. Mm-hmm. And we kind of just pushed it out of like, Hey, it's okay. But really mm-hmm. worship hurt us because we were doing video, which mm-hmm. was already, you know, it's a little bit is a lot different than live teaching. So the engagement's mm-hmm. a little bit different. And mm-hmm. then our worship was really bad. We didn't have a strong kind of a leader taking that. And, we, and honestly, a lot of it had to do with, we couldn't find a drummer. And right. so I just remember we're piping in mm-hmm. drums on a soundtrack and right. everybody in that room knows you could tell. That there's no yeah, drums, yeah. but I yeah. can hear the drums. And it just, you know what? It just like the the experiential of the worship was just very low. And mm-hmm. kind of it just it wasn't a bang of a service every single week. So we mm-hmm. knew that was a tension point. And then we were then right when we ran into COVID, we lost that space. Um, that the rental space that was at a, a school. And so we lost that space and now we're online. Mm-hmm. And When here where we were at in Illinois, like we were only online for about two months and then it was starting to ramp Mm -hmm. back up for us to be Mm -hmm. able to meet in person. And when we got ready to do that, I think just the amount of energy and the amount of work was going to take more to relaunch to Mm -hmm. launch. And so what Mm -hmm. we what happened was we lost some leadership during that transition. Mm -hmm. And so now we had no facility. um, We had no leader. And so we're trying to rally who do we have left? Like we didn't know who we had mm-hmm. left because we're doing online wow, and we man. just and so we called every single church in the community and said, Do you have a time frame that we could do a service? Mm-hmm. One out of 40 churches that we called said, Yeah, you can use our wow. space on a on a Sunday night. Mm-hmm. And so we did learn during this time that Sunday night services don't work when you're portable. So <laughs> we were bringing in. Port- so we had people show up 90 minutes before service, set up portable gear, ran service on video right. from the morning service that they could have watched online that morning on the you right. know, Facebook and YouTube, and then right. tear down. And so people are getting there at 3:30, watching right. the video message of the person that was actually in the room. The lead pastor was in the room too because he had to help set up.
1: Right. And they're like,
2: why is he not speaking? He's in the back of the room. I can see him.
1: Mm. Um, But we
2: wanted, we were just in that rhythm. Like, nope, we said we were doing video. We're doing this. So that's what we learned was like Sunday nights in our community didn't work. Nobody Mm. wanted to be there. We -hmm. had 40 individuals that were coming to service Mm. and a majority of them were in their uh, dream team, their volunteer shirts. And we're like Mm. the only people we have as volunteers. So it was bad worship. We were forcing video teaching and we had a bad time slot Mm -hmm. and we, we had 40 people. Okay.
1: So friends, there's a bunch there. Like I think this idea of, in and sometimes this stuff is, is clearer in hindsight, understanding what is it that makes your experience, you know, understanding like, you know, we, we launch these things and we try like, Hey, we're going to try what we can on the music front. And uh, but man, it just didn't live up uh, to that. You know, we've got to think really carefully about those things. And sometimes you, they're a bigger deal than actually we even know there, you know, you know, we, we thought like, Oh, we can make that work. And it, it doesn't necessarily. So now there would be lots of churches, I think at this point that, you know, so you're down to 40 people, you know, video teaching, we got Travis showing up to set this thing up, mostly volunteers You know, at that point, there would be a lot of churches that would say, "Hey, we're just going to throw in the towel here." Like that's, you know, that's not going to happen. Well, you know, friends, the reason why we have this on is obviously because (laughs) they didn't throw in the towel, and we continued. So, walk us through what were some of you know the milestones as you came out of COVID that you look back on now and say, "Wow, this was a linchpin." decision change that led us to where now friends, you know, we'll get to where we're at today, but things are way better today than, than those 40 people. But kind of what were some of those linchpins that kind of across the, the, the months, you know, after that?
2: Yeah. So the big one was uh, leadership. We had Mm -hmm. to get somebody, we had to get our culture and our DNA back into that, into that church of being online, somebody else's building, we were losing some of that. So we had to get a leader in there. We, and I actually jumped in and, and led it for about eight months. We just needed somebody on our team that was consistent, a face that they had seen, a voice mm-hmm. that they had heard over the years. So that was one mm-hmm. was the leadership. The second one was facility. We knew we had to get mm-hmm. back to Sunday mornings. And so we mm-hmm. had to do whatever it took to get back to Sunday mornings. Um, so the third one was for us to do that, we had mm-hmm. to find a facility. And mm-hmm. so our expectations of a facility on for what we called was our relaunch of relaunching this mm-hmm. church. The expectations were a lot lower than the launch. Like the launch, we had interesting. this interesting. We, we needed a preschool room. We needed an elementary room. We needed a lobby. We needed an auditorium that at least had three hundred seats. We needed to have parking for those. You know, we needed hundred parking spaces. All of a sudden, we just kind of threw that out the door and said, you know, what? we just need to find a space. If we don't find a space, we're right. done. Right. Um, so those oh. are the three, the three main things.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah. So on the facility piece, I love that idea of you actually lowered your expectations. <laughs> uh, you know, I think that's, that's a keen insight as you, what, what kind of did the minimum bar become as you were like, okay, we've, you know, we, we need to find something Sunday morning, obviously is the primary was, you know, the primary idea, but was there, what else was in that mix of that conversation?
2: Yeah, we, we just needed, we needed to find a sp- uh, somebody that would rent to us during that time of COVID coming out of COVID, there wasn't a lot of spaces. Uh, mm-hmm. we needed to find an auditorium that it could at least, or a space that could at least hold a hundred people, mm-hmm. hundred mm-hmm. adults, and right. then two rooms for kids. Okay. Uh, we didn't care about parking. We could figure that out, right? Like right. most of those places are gonna have some sort of parking and we didn't, we didn't worry about a lobby.
1: We okay, So did you-
2: Adult space, two so- kids places
1: right and so then did you go back to the 40 churches what what happened next
2: no so what we did is uh we actually we just somebody kind we we kind of pushed out to our team and said you know just pray let's ask Mm -hmm. god open places when we first initially launched uh, two years before that we had already looked at all the places that were available we we knew everything um Mm -hmm. and so somebody reached out to our team and said hey what about this office space Out on this back road, I just passed it. I saw there's a for rent sign. What do you think? Mm -hmm. Uh, So we showed up to it and it was just an open office. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we looked at it, walked in and and they said, hey, do you want this? And we're like, yeah, there's nothing else. Um, There Hmm. was maybe 25 parking spots, um, open office and two break rooms. Hmm. Um, And so we converted that. We took a week and uh, converted it
1: turned it around we took all the green paint out up. and away we went
2: Yep, yeah. Got the yeah got we it was it paint and then we had all of our portable gear we just we just wow. went from portable and installed all that stuff as permanent and so right. we used spandex to some mm-hmm. that we were using on hallways to, to cover mm-hmm. up stuff and we just created hallways out of the spandex mm-hmm. used all of our portable chairs that we were using in elementary spaces and we just set those up Um, It just gave us, we had to have a place for the people to go to that said, you know what, this is our church. Mm -hmm. And we actually ended up in a part of a neighborhood in this community that there wasn't a church within a mile. Mm, And all of a sudden we put a sign up and people Mm -hmm. started coming and attending. And we're like, how did you, like, how did you hear about us? We're on this back country road. And they said, we saw the sign. Right. (laughs) Wow. Wow. That's it. That's so it? we started getting people from that neighborhood. <laughs> no fancy Facebook that, campaign. No, you no, <laughs> no. And it was a, it was a marquee sign. Right. So, I mean, oh, I was wow. just sliding the letters in there, a service 10 AM wow. and then just put our decal up. So, wow. So the, you know, part
1: to underline there is I know there are a lot of churches that are portable, you know, that this has been a challenging number of years. And I've said to multiple churches, cause they're like, we've tried everything we do. There is no opportunity. And you know my pushback has been well if the place you're renting from today that's substandard if they called you tomorrow and said you can't meet here anymore you would you would get desperate and figure something out right you would figure out some sort of space but because if you're in this space that's kind of almost working like the Sunday night service was it's like it's working but not really you'll just keep rolling until you draw a line in the sand and say no no we we we're done we have to find you know something else So, so then what happened next from there? So people started to show up, uh, you know, things are looking a little, you know, better. There's like an uptick in excitement. You're still campus. You're still the campus pastor there. Uh, you know, what went on next?
2: Yeah. And so a couple of the other things I know real quick about the facility that we had to, um, that were hard yeses before that became, it didn't matter was Mm -hmm. like ceiling height. It had a, Mm -hmm. it had a nine foot ceiling, Mm -hmm. it was tile ceiling. And because of that, we couldn't do video anymore because you couldn't get a big enough video screen. And so we flipped to live teaching. Out of the necessity of this thing is going to die and we had to get it. It's kind of like being in the ER. Like you're Mm -hmm. just giving this thing, I see you're giving this thing, all the different Mm -hmm. hoses, the oxygen, the IV. And so we just said, hey, if video is going to hurt this thing, let's do live. And so Mm -hmm. we started to do all those. Um, And so what it was, was we just, Sunday morning, continue to do Sunday morning, continue because of now you have your own building and it took work to create things into the building. We just saw an uptick of volunteers because they're like, Hey, like I'm, they had their blood and sweat and their work, uh, equity into this building. Mm -hmm. So now it was all of a sudden it became theirs. It became their identity where before they were at this rented, school. They were at this borrowed church. All of a sudden it was like their identity of, man, this is our place. And it didn't mm-hmm. matter that it was a, a bad looking building. It was actually the day that we put our sign up, the city called us and said, Evan, you can't have church there. That's a that's zoned for high industrial. Oh my goodness! And I said, "Well, oh, I didn't. I didn't have a clue. Like we were having this church, and the church is dying. So, what do you want us mm-hmm. to do?" And they're like, "Well, you need to go through all this code paper." I'm like, "Great. How long is that going to last?" And they're like, "It probably takes three to four months." I'm like, "Well, we've got to meet." And he goes, "If you guys continue to meet, we'd have to shut you down, but that wouldn't look good on the city if we shut down a church." And I said, oh I "Understood." Goodness. And so we just continue to push forward, and that's kind of the wow. momentum of people just wow. continue to show. And they, because they saw we only had forty people, our church looked at each other and said, "If we don't invite people, we're done." Mm, and so, so that's good. what it kind of was. It's like it was all these new people because they had all of a sudden they felt like, like, no, 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 no. We launched this church. We're not going to give up on this. And so they, hmm. it just began to invite people out of the woodwork. Wow! Um, and so we saw growth up to two hundred people from that um, October, that September when we relaunched with forty. That Easter, we had 200 people. And it was wow. just, it was, it was, I look at it now, it was, it was, we did average things hmm. over a considerable amount of time and it turned into above average results.
1: Love it. Love it. What would be some of those average things when you look back in that period that, you, you know, really helped reach people?
2: Yeah. So the, the average things was like every parade in our neighborhood or our area that was in our city, we got into. Right. just so they could see our name. Like that it was, it, we, we didn't do anything spectacular, hay bales, throwing candy out, mm-hmm. like nothing spectacular. We did that Sunday mm-hmm. mornings, no matter what we're having service. It doesn't matter if there's 20 people or 25 people, we're having these teams, we're having these monthly meetings. And so we just kind of went back to the grind that we were doing before, just all these mm-hmm. kind of uh, s- small, uh, mm-hmm. small events that we were doing. Um, we did a, you know, uh, we do a Halloween events that we typically did. That was huge. And so we just scaled that back and said, what can we do? Same mm-hmm. with Christmas and Easter. We had to scale those back, but we just continue to do what we had always done before. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. kind of that just, created those results and created those momentums.
1: Yeah, I love that. You're speaking my love language. I know you know that, but you know, like we have to just keep, we have to keep doing these things, keep, keep pushing our people. You know, we, we talked about this so many times that churches that grow, they train, they equip, they motivate their people to invite their friends. And a part of that means as church leaders, we've got to keep thinking about it. What are we doing? What's coming up that our people could invite their friends to? And, you know, all of those kinds of things are, you know, a piece of the puzzle, Okay, so now I know there was a significant sea change here, kind of as you continued. So you're, you know, you're at, you know, kind of a weird place with the town. Things are like, okay, you got to get out. Uh, What happened next?
2: Yeah, so uh, during this whole process of right before COVID and during COVID, a a local church had actually reached out to us. They were in the middle of their pastor was retiring. And Mm -hmm. they had conversations with us that they knew that either they were going to have to go and do a pastoral search during the middle of COVID to try to find a pastor, uh, to hire a pastor that they wouldn't really know anything about. Um, Or they knew there was an opportunity they could merge with the Fields church who Mm -hmm. they didn't like everything about, but they (laughs) knew everything, you know, they, they knew us and they Mm -hmm. knew the goods and they knew the bads. And so we were in the middle of COVID having Mm -hmm. this conversation um Mm -hmm. they knew we were at a weak point too with at at this office building that we had renovated and so they kind of but they knew overall the growth of the filled church and the excitement and and they wanted to kind of really hitch themselves to us and become a Mm -hmm. part of what we were doing Love it. so we went through a time frame about eight months of conversations Hmm. with them of them joining into our congregation Mm -hmm. so you take us just continuing to do the path every single week and meeting, doing the average every single week,
0: mm-hmm. them
2: coming along and saying, you know what, we want to join you. And so a part of that was they had a facility, right? That was across from Walmart, which is the busiest street in town.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. They wanted
2: to gift that to us, plus all of their people to gift those people to us. And so we were already on this high and already riding this momentum. And then they came in, added to that, and so both of those things added together just created a greater impact. It just launched us years ahead of where we would be.
1: Yeah, I love that. You know, the the thing to underline there that we've seen time and again is Typically in these, you know, merger or rebirth scenarios, like with this other church, um, you know, they typically have been engaged in some kinds of other activity. They've been thinking about something else and this is like in the mix of it. Right. And they're, you know, they were obviously trying to wrestle through what do we do with and the, the lead pastor issue is all is usually a, or is a significant catalyst. It's like, okay, either someone's retiring or they'd like to retire or they, you know, they've been looking for a long time and can't find someone, um, And, you know, friends, I'm hoping you're listening today and you're like, you may be pushing against one of these walls and you can take inspiration from the fields to say, man, we just, maybe we just have to keep going. We just have to keep walking in the, in the, in the right direction. Okay. So bring us up to date today. So, you know, you end up moving into that location. They end up giving you the building, all of that stuff. So what does it look like today? Here we are, you know, summer 2023, you know, what's that, what's that campus look like? What's kind of the, what's happening there now?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, they merged with us, joined together. We launched huge with them, remodeled their facility. And so today, um, this past Easter, we saw 400 people um, came out uh, to Easter, and we are averaging over 200 people um, Mm -hmm. on a Sunday, which is huge, huge for us in the community, probably the second largest church in that community. Um, And we're beginning to see an influx of people that are coming from. So that location to the west of it is where our – our, our other location is the location that's 100 years old. And so on the opposite spectrum, on the east side, is all of these people that are coming. Um, mm, and so we just seeing an influx of new people, of people getting saved. But it's, we're not doing anything different. Like there's no, mm-hmm. throughout this whole process, Rich, there's no, there's no magic bullet. Like mm-hmm. there was no, oh, like we unlocked this special thing that nobody else knows about. I think it's mm-hmm. just like we're showing up. Like right. we're, we're showing up and having services. We're doing growth track. We do growth track every single Sunday. You know, if mm-hmm. it's you know if it's a hot Mother's Day, we're doing growth track. If somebody signs mm-hmm. up for growth track, and we're mm-hmm. I think we're doing less, and we're just continuing to do it, and kind of continuing to do our rhythm. Um, and so that's yeah, kind of that what is. we're seeing.
1: Now, somewhere in there, you ended up hiring campus pastor uh, Mark, great guy. Uh, how did you find that individual? Uh, I know I've heard you in other contexts, like cheer for Mark, man, he's been just such a critical piece of the puzzle. Talk us through that transition. Cause you, you know, you listed leadership as number one reason, Hey, we got to fix that you stepped in, but then eventually we made a more permanent change there.
2: Yeah. So we've had the, the hard thing is we've had four campus pastors in the last, in the since the launch of the location in the last three, three, four years, some of that is COVID just, you know. Um, mm-hmm. we jumped in for a little bit. We had another leader that was there for a season. And so I think what we've learned is that, um, when we hired Pastor Mark, no pastoral experience, mm-hmm. um, had filled church experience, had been on staff doing creative, uh, creative ministries, had done facilities, but what he had was culture. Like he, mm-hmm. he knew the ins and outs of the field church and loved the ins and outs of the field church. Mm-hmm. Like he loved mm-hmm. everything about the field church and we're like, well, mm-hmm. we can, and had call the call to pastor, but had not mm-hmm. ever been educated that way or oh, never had huge. gone that season in their life, had done military and was working at a, a car dealership, um, mm-hmm. but he was volunteering and serving at the fields. And we're like, you know what? There's something inside of him. He's got the culture. He's got the willingness to learn. Um, mm-hmm. And so we said, you know what? We can't, it's hard to hire somebody outside to move. I mean, regardless, it's hard to hire anybody right now,
0: mm-hmm. but to
2: move to the Midwest into a community, you know, that's two hours away from any metropolitan area is very difficult. Um, mm-hmm. So we were like, we've got to look internal, hire mm-hmm. internal um, mm-hmm. and we don't have the culture and the DNA push. Like nobody's pushing against that. of like, uh, I really don't think we should be doing this. It's more of a sense of like, mm-hmm. okay, I want to do this. How do I do it? That's a lot easier for us to lead as, as executive mm-hmm. leaders mm-hmm. for somebody trying to push their own kind of agenda, that sort of thing.
1: Absolutely. Talk us through that um kind of at a high level when you think about the percentages of so I hear what you're saying on the culture piece. Don't miss that, friends. That's you know, we've talked about that in other contexts. That like campus pastors need to, you know, they need to bleed the church. They need to be like, wow, these people are fully they're on board, they love the mission. But then the other piece of this, in this case, you know, Charleston's the name of this community, they need to be Charleston people. They need to have the like kind of vibe of the community. If, if you were going to be like 51, 49, you know, 51%, they need to be like fields pe- type people, 49% Charleston type people or the locations you're in, or, you know, how would you kind of grade those two, or is it, they just need to be both of those talk us through when you think about, you know, this, this, the kind of intangible side of campus leadership.
2: Yeah. So ours, I, we would probably tip more towards the size of that community. Of like, they've got to, they've got to have that feel. They've got to, they've got to love living here. Um, It's not a horrible area, but I mean, they just like anywhere, they've got to love, they want to be able to envision them growing their family and their kids up into this area. If they Mm -hmm. can't do that, nothing else is going to work. Like we, even when we hire people, that's the first thing is like, Hey, do you feel like you can fit in here? I had an interview once with a guy that was from Houston. And mm-hmm. within the first couple of minutes, we had a conversation like, Hey, do you think you'd be able to move here and live here? And he asked me this, he goes, would I need to buy a jacket for the winters? <laughs> yes. You at least one, yeah. at
1: least need at least yeah. one.
2: <laughs> and so I'm like, you know what? That was our last conversation. I go, I don't think this is, this isn't going to yeah. work. It doesn't matter how great of a leader you are. Yes. If, yes. if, if you're not able to adapt or, or to know or to feel or to love the place that you're going to live. Hmm. You know that that's the big piece for us. Yeah,
1: that's a huge deal, and you know I think helping us and our you know our people get through those questions and understand that and to have the conviction around you know what what is it that makes leaders work in this part of the world. I you know I remember when I was serving in New Jersey. You know we had very similar issues. You know they looked a little different, but the same kind of thing. Man, you've got to like. This kind of that in that case, it's like Northeast grind. You got to like the like people here really do think that they're like the most important people in the world, and you kind of can't fight them on that. Like, if you're from Georgia, you can't be up here and be like, Well, you know, people up here aren't as cool as they're in Georgia. I'm like, that doesn't work, they'll get shut down real quickly. And you know, the thing is, that's a transferable principle, regardless of where we are in the country. Every part of the country has. That kind of cultural stuff that we've got to be aware of, and every part of the country. And I've I've joked with you about this before. Every part of the country believes that they're the hardest part of the country to hire people in. Like I, you know, I was with, with some friends in Southern California, and they were like, "This is like really tough place to hire people." I'm like, "I don't." If you, that's not true, like you know, there's lots. Every every place has this. We all have this. And you know, I think it is true where where you are. You know, I've been in the communities you're you're in. And, but it's also true in lots of places, you know, and, and we, and we sometimes, I think particularly if we've been in this community forever, it might be hard for us to get our head around how, just how difficult that is. Okay. When we think about the future, so you look up over the horizon, either in this campus in Charleston or future campuses, or even in Mattoon, you know, what, what, what's the future have for you? what be some of the questions you're asking or things you're thinking about as you look to future campuses, future locations, growth, all that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah. So uh, growth pinpoints that we're looking at right now is uh, facility are becoming mm-hmm. a, a concern. Um, three limiting factors that we look at facilities is, is there a limit in our auditorium space? Is there a limit in our kids space? And is there a limit in our parking space? And if mm-hmm. we have a limit in one of those three, then the rest kind of uh, falls apart. And so that's mm-hmm. one of the things that we're looking at both of our locations right now is what are mm-hmm. what's limiting us from growth. Um, mm-hmm. the second one is, is what is this? We know how hard it is and difficult it is to do the third location. And the majority of people stop at that second. So we're looking mm-hmm. at what does that third look like? And for us, it is a lot different than us doing the second. Cause the second one, we were able to look at this. We already had this mass group of people in this other mm-hmm. community and it was easy to get, you know, 75, a hundred people to launch. Now we're looking at a community next to us and we don't hardly have anybody. Right. So we're having to kind of reframe and think. Okay, what does that look like? Does that mm-hmm. look like us doing pop up services for major mm-hmm. uh, holidays? Does that look at us starting small groups? Uh, you know, does it look at us doing outreach events? What does that kind of look like? So those are the two main things: is the, the facility, and then man, how do we launch this third location? Mm-hmm. Because I feel like once we can get that third, the fourth is going to come easier. It's going the third is going to help our our structure of our leadership. And it's not going to be us versus them with the two locations and the smaller and the bigger, but it's going to kind of change the whole thing.
1: I love it. So good. Well, there's listen, friends, there's so much we could talk about at the fields. Um, You know, we've focused in on this one story, but there's so many other things. I love what you guys do. But the pumpkin fest thing, I think is amazing. You know, I've pointed people in that direction. I'm just going to leave that out there, friends, you'll have to follow them to figure out what you know, that's all about. I, I think I think that your whole passion for, and obviously it's kind of been in the subtext of this conversation, but passion for these rural communities. I think there's a lot of people who are wondering the same thing. Like, man, there are, you know, none of the name brand, big, very large multi-site churches are going to plant a church in Charleston. It's just not going to happen. Right. And so the question is, who's going to say, we'll take that. That's us. We'll figure out how to do that. And I love that you're you know, doing that. There's lots of stories we could, we could tell there, but as we're wrapping up today, any kind of final, you know, advice or anything you'd like to say to people as we wrap up today's conversation?
2: Yeah. So if we, as we look at this, I think the thing is, is to, um, to not give up on really what you feel like God has called you to do and that you are going to run into hurdles. You are going to run into roadblocks, but if it is God giving you this call, and he's going to work it out and you're going to be stronger than where you were going to be before. If we wouldn't have ran into these roadblocks, we wouldn't have mm-hmm. the loss of pastoral staff and leadership. We wouldn't be where we are today with Pastor Mark or with this Merge oh, so or with this true. building across the street from Walmart. So mm-hmm. uh, just continue to, to push forward because you're going to run into roadblocks and just sometimes you go around them. Sometimes you jump over them. Sometimes you just blast through it. Mm-hmm. Love it. Well,
1: Evan, this has been fantastic. If people want to track along with you or with the church, where do we want to send them online?
2: Yep, the easiest place is just to go to the website, uh, thefields.church, and then all the socials are on there, and you can find out information, email us, all of that information is there.
1: Love it. Really appreciate you being on uh, today's episode. Thanks so much, man.
2: Thank you, sir.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the Unseminary Podcast. Drop by unseminary.com for more helpful resources for you and your team. There you will find articles, online courses, and so much more. Unseminary, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Presented by CDF Capital. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary.